Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the CDL Podcast channel. In this episode today, we've got our predictions for the final week of qualifiers for Major 2 of the CDL season. Got some drama, some roster drama with the subliners to talk about, uh, and a whole bunch more. But before we get into that, Kyle, how are you doing today? Doing pretty good. Uh, yeah, I mean, just uh, got a lot of things happening here. Uh you know, we have uh, March Madness and stuff going on, and uh seems like sports are kind of getting back into swing now, too, so it's been, like, a lot of stuff to watch on the uh, on the TVs and stuff, but, um, and then obviously throw into that, uh, you know, a week full of CDL matches and stuff, it's, like, information overload, almost, um, and, you know, the weather's getting nicer, I'm sure for a lot of people, uh, you know, around the world, um, so, you know, you got to do stuff outside. It's like, oh my gosh, it's hard to find time, uh, you know, even on the weekends to do stuff. But uh, yeah, I'm uh, ready to dive into this stuff. Yeah, this is going to be a good episode. I, I can't believe we're at the point where we're doing predictions for the final week of matches ahead of Major 2. It seems like we were just in the offseason and just in Major 1. Feels like Optic just won their home Major, and now all of a sudden we're about to be at Minnesota's Major. Um, but Kyle, this is a little bit of a special episode. I didn't tell you before the podcast because... Uh, I was going to give you a shout out, but this is technically not the hundredth episode of the podcast, but this is the hundredth video on the channel. So roughly hundredth podcast. So kind of a special episode. So thank you guys for all the support. Um, we're looking forward to bringing you a lot more content. Obviously Kyle technically hasn't been a part of a hundred episodes, but we want to give a shout out to Kyle too, because the podcast has gotten a lot better with you on it. So Kyle, this is episode 100 special episode. Oh my gosh. Well, you know, uh, just kind of like a, I think I gave this as a when when we when I first uh, started came on and started with you, but you know I was just like uh, back in the modern warfare uh, days of the CDL. You know I was like oh, I was just like you know I was newly into competitive and stuff, so I was looking to like consume all the content I could, and I just like uh, I just somehow stumbled across uh, your channel on YouTube, and uh, I was like, oh my gosh! And you were you know replying to people in the comments and stuff. I was like, oh, I can actually have a conversation about mm-hmm. you know the cdl instead of just like listening to people talk about it on the podcast because obviously the, there there was a lot of other ones back then like the codcast best of three that was back yeah. when hard, hard points was out too with uh mm-hmm. teep and all those guys so uh but you know it, it was more like a one-sided conversation uh but you know i was able to talk and uh you know one thing kind of led to another and uh you know here we are and uh, I want to congratulate you on uh, starting the channel and, you know, getting up to 100. I know I've been here for uh, a few of them, you know, now uh, yeah. going back into the Cold War days. But yeah, so it's exciting Congrats. stuff. Yeah, it's exciting stuff. If you guys are new, we'd appreciate it if you'd join uh, the people that have joined so far and drop a sub on the channel, drop a like on the video. If you're on the audio platforms, a little newer on there, there definitely aren't 100 podcasts up on there, but uh, probably about. Uh, 25-ish podcasts ago. We started uploading them to all audio platforms you can listen to podcasts on as well. So if you're on there, drop a follow, drop a review if you're able to. Uh, we appreciate all the support we've been seeing on there. Um, yeah, it's episode 100. I can't believe it, but I'm ready to dive into some news. Um, you know, news has been kind of slow overall for the past few weeks since the season kicked off because obviously there's not as much random roster drama with uh, rosters more set in stone and some rosters really performing well so they're not even looking to make a change but uh we did have some of those first things first some quick things to talk about top 250 leaderboard coming to ranked tomorrow it sounds like uh tomorrow meaning this tuesday 
uh, March 22nd. We're recording this on the 21st, uh, March 22nd, the top 250 leaderboards coming in. It's going to be the eighth skill rank in Vanguard, uh, obviously ahead of the top one, which is challengers right now. So the top 250 people in SR are going to be on there. Something to grind for uh, something pretty cool that's coming out as well as some restrictions being widened. I believe they made it so like instead of having to be within one skill division, if you're above elite, you can uh, be within two skill divisions of the people you're playing with. So a little bit easier to play with your friends. I've had that issue. Me and a couple of my friends are a lot higher than a few of our other friends. And we have to get on like alt accounts to play with them and stuff uh, and get on burners because like uh, I was around like 2500 elo and i have a buddy who quite literally plays in 400 <laughs> so i couldn't play with him had to get an extra account and kind of a mess but thankfully uh for all my friends that are in around like 1300 i can now play with them being around 24 so uh that's pretty cool but rank play they're they're providing us with some updates kyle cool to see yeah uh you know everybody's uh dying to know if you're gonna be in the top 250 um, i'm gonna try i'm not there right now i'm only at like 20 i dropped a little bit because i played since they widened skill restrictions a little bit, or my friends ranked up, I play with some of my friends that are down around 1,500, and uh, let's just say they couldn't hang with the people uh, around 2,400, so I'm down to like <laughs> 2,390, I think, or 2,400, somewhere around there. So I'm not too far off. I could be a lot further, but uh, I've got a ways to go. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, definitely a you know, good boost to the people uh, still grinding away and uh, in ranked and stuff, so you love to see... Uh... Uh, you know, any attention they're throwing that way is a uh, you know good sign, I guess. Um, and uh, you know the restrictions uh, widened. I'm not sure how that's going to exactly play. Um, you know, there's kind of that ever, ever going on debate about you know should it be the exact classes and everything that the pros are playing with. Um, and you know it's hard when uh, you know the the pros don't even know exactly what they're playing with. Uh, you know, you're not able to see like attachments and stuff. Like, you know, you have a million yeah. different like uh, stock wraps and or you know pistol grip wraps and stuff. It's like, oh my gosh, it's the the uh, the gunsmith has really thrown everything for a loop in recent years. For sure. Um, when I th- throw back to uh, the days when you would load in with a uh, a pick ten system or something, the best. Um, so yeah, uh, yeah, uh, good stuff for ranked play. Yeah, it's really good. Only thing I'm hoping for still is a little bit of an SR update because uh, it used to be like you'd gain 50, you'd lose 50, like really random, like too much SR. But now they've tuned it down too much where uh, like most games, if I lose, I'm losing 15 and most wins I'm getting six. So like you have to win like four games to even gain like 10 SR, like four to one win loss ratio, which is a little bit ridiculous to me. Like uh, my friends and I had like a we were down like 248 to like 190 on Bocage and we came back in one which doesn't sound like a crazy comeback but on Bocage to go on a 60 point run is pretty nuts we stringed like P1 to P3 for a 250 to 249 win pretty sure I had like 58 59 kills with like 140 in the hill like a very good all around game I was slain I had a lot of time in the hill and I get 6 SR for the game and then we lose a round 11 search and destroy and I lose 15 like there's no consistency they gotta update that but I'm optimistic that they're at least working on stuff because uh, in the past you know they'd just throw the rank play out and let it rock and not do anything with it so hopefully they update that but we've got some roster drama to talk about new york oh, yeah they made a roster change bring in paul x great move i mean i don't think anybody can argue uh especially with their results obviously you know they're playing paris like don't want to overreact but hey they won two hard points that's two more than they had going into the match uh the paul x great pickup but there was some big time drama with havoc uh rumor comes out that he was offered by nysl and turned them down uh then there's like a whole debate of like 
on the flank. Aches, Zuma, they're calling him a moron for turning it down, an idiot. Uh, he should just retire if he doesn't want to join, which uh, when I initially heard it, I was like, that's kind of harsh. I'd like to hear his side of the story. Uh, and that's kind of what came out. Havoc posted a twit longer, basically explaining he turned down the offer uh, from NYSL for a few reasons. One, because he didn't think his personality would mesh well with Krim. Uh, and then people were calling him like soft for that. Like he doesn't want to get yelled at. And I'm like, I don't know. That seems like a decently smart thing. Uh, if you don't think you're going to play well with the player, I can see why you'd be hesitant. Uh, he said he more wanted to play with clay. And if clay was the one that got chosen to stay with the team, he probably would be on the team right now. Uh, another thing was he wanted to bring one teammate with him because he heard the NYSL NYSL culture was absolutely terrible. They apparently like weren't practicing. There was no VOD review. Like they basically weren't trying, uh, from what he had heard. Uh, so he wanted to bring in Brezzy with him as a flex because uh, obviously they were going to keep Hydra in there and then they were going to keep one of Krimmer Clay as the main and then Hydra as a sub. So he wanted to bring in, uh, bring in Brezzy from his challengers team, who was the flex. Uh, but apparently Hydra didn't want to play with him, which is odd to me because I know Brezzy is a, a French player. So maybe there's some bad blood there or something. I'm not sure. But Hydra didn't want to play with them. Obviously, General was a main AR, so they weren't bringing him in. So that left Kismet, who New York didn't want. Uh so they had picked up Paul X as their flex. And apparently now Havoc has beef with Paul X because Paul accused him of hacking this year because of how much better he had gotten, uh, which I think any of us that know Havoc, we know he's, I mean, the guy's not hacking. Uh, he's been a good player for a long time. So there was kind of some beef there. They squashed it a little bit on Twitter, but uh, he really went at Aix and Zuma for using their platform to kind of slander his name without uh, letting him come on the show. And Aix didn't really back down uh, as we know Aix never does. Crazy drama though, Kyle. Yeah, this is the stuff that uh, you know, you know, you know that um that uh, meme of the guy, the, the guy in the uh, the yellow blazer standing behind the tree, like you know, he's like <laughs> looking like, at his oh, lips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this is the stuff that you know I really like talking about. You know, just like when when we get you know a little bit of drama, and then we get some like substantial news with it too. Um, because obviously when when it's all out drama, it's like you know, it's it's more of like a he said she said kind of deal. Um. But yeah, uh, the whole Havoc thing, uh, really interesting. Um, you would imagine that he, you know, being that he's a, a two-year player in the CDL, that, you know, he, if he managed his, uh, you know, paychecks well, he probably has the uh, ability to, you know, in good conscience, turn turn down a CDL offer, um, you know, just based on, you know, what he probably made at Florida for those two years. and. Whatever, I mean that that's all speculation, but uh, you know, because some people, some of these AMs are like, you know, living, you know, paycheck to paycheck or whatever you would imagine, mm. and uh, you know, so good. I, I think it's good on Havoc that he, you know, saw that, um, you know, it might not be the best fit. You know, we've seen a lot of pros come in at, at this like in these stopgap roles, um, and it really it sometimes it doesn't work out for them. It ends up like torching their career like who knows if we're ever going to see fellow come in again or if uh if decimates ever going to get another shot in the league mm -hmm. um so you know these like uh these tough situations that pros are put in um so i think it's good on havoc too and obviously he's playing on a on a really good challengers team and uh a challengers team that you know might give some pros a run for the money at this upcoming for sure uh, pro-am land Hopefully uh, they qualify. Since... I hope it's not one of those weird situations where they just end up flopping at the major and don't qualify. Right. And I mean, they have a really good established team too of like a veteran pros. You have general Kismet, uh, Brezzy and obviously havoc. So, uh, and they've been going on an absolute rampage this year in, in challengers. So, um, 
Yeah. Also interesting what he, uh, we got a little insight into the culture of NYSL. Maybe we imagined that, uh, you know, this team would be functioning better. Um, but I, I guess maybe when we saw, uh, Revan get replaced by, uh, D real as the coach, uh, that might've been an indicator for some of the outside observers that maybe stuff wasn't going too hot. Uh, obviously D real was a guy that was brought over alongside with, uh, Hydra to kind of be like a player development team guy. Um, and also, like you said, really weird that maybe Hydra didn't want to play with Brezzi, but you know, uh, Hydra is, you know, probably one of the top 10 players in the game right now. Uh, so 100%. you, you kind of got to listen to what he says and obviously He's a franchise this is like, player. yeah. And, and this is like, I, I was just about to say, this is Hydra's team. Uh, even though, it, you know, people might've thought that this is Krim and Clay's team. This is really like, you know, if, if you're going to choose between Clay and Krim or Hydra, I think you got to go with Hydra at this point. Uh, I mean, yeah, Krim and Clay might only have a year left. Yeah. And, uh, but really interesting too, that they're not apparently not practicing well and there's no VOD review, uh, you know, take, take that with a grain of salt, I would say. Uh, but you know, it wouldn't be the first time we've heard of like internal strife within a team. Um, Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I think it's obviously a lot to unpack with the Havoc uh, twit longer stuff, but, uh, you know, really interesting. Um, but I, 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 I guess I would also agree with him that it was probably not really fair for Zuma and Aches to really kind of slander him too much. Maybe they should have had him on to talk about mm-hmm. it since he still is an am. It's not like he's like bound by any of these like non-disclosure stuff or whatever. Um, so yeah, I, I think they kind of, you know, effed up there. Uh, if I do, you know, if I can speak freely on that, but, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Any other thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, it's tough to like say that, like, at least from my perspective, like Zuma and Ake, since they're more connected to the pros and maybe know more behind the scenes stuff from like NYSL are maybe more qualified to like actually criticize or like back him. I guess my one thought on it is like it, if he didn't think he was going to mesh well with the team uh, with how well I would say almost any challengers player turning down a CDL spot would be really stupid. Even if it's Paris, uh, like if it was an am who had never been in the league, like if they turn down a spot, it's almost sounds like really stupid because like that might be the only shot they get. But it feels like for Havoc, since he's so established and has been a pro since, uh, I mean, like AW days, like he's been a pro forever. He feels like, I don't know if this makes sense, but he just feels a little more established. Like people know who Mm -hmm. he is. Like he's, if there's a four team expansion next year, I mean, probably a 99% chance Havoc gets a spot, especially if his team continues to play uh, as well as they have. This whole roster might just get picked up. Uh, And I will say with the challengers land coming up, uh, as long as they don't bottom out in Minnesota and not place top four, because I believe that is the qualifier top four at is, a land yeah. event in Minnesota. So if they don't bottom out like and just like not qualify somehow, which I, it would be a shock if they didn't like if they're able to, you know, place top four in Minnesota and then they're able to like somehow out of the, the 16 teams that will be at the pro-am if they finish like top eight or something uh, and beat out some pro teams. I mean, I feel like there's a good chance that a lot of those players get picked up. However, it feels weird for him to turn down this opportunity, you know, personalities, whatever, just when you look at peer roster on paper, mm-hmm. this is one of the best offers you could probably ever get for a challengers player coming in that I can think of besides like maybe standy joining a roster, uh, at the time accuracy was on it, not major maniac, but accuracy, Priesta attached, like 
very talented players to just hop in on a roster. Cause like most times we see people getting picked up to like teams in shambles, like Seattle or Paris uh, in the past. And I guess like maybe Mac for NYSL and modern warfare was put into a pretty good situation playing with like a Taj Zuma temp, those guys. But like, this is one of the best situations uh, an am could be thrown into playing with Paul X. One of the, the very good flexes we've seen uh, this year, you know, you get Krim or clay as your main AR, uh, one of the goats. And then Hydra, you could argue is one of the best subs, if not like the best sub in the game right now. Like on paper, it looks like a very good opportunity compared to like getting thrown into like a Paris, like Jimbo did, uh, or like gravity did. So like, I don't know. It just seems like on paper, like this is about the best situation you're ever going to get thrown into. Like how often are you going to be picked up uh, to play for a team that's still in the playoff hunt and also has one of the goats on it, as well as a top 10 player, maybe a top five player in Hydra and a very good young player in Paul just, just seems like a very odd opportunity to turn down. Uh, and like some people were making the argument that it had to maybe do with salary and what he was getting paid. And then aches is like, Tournament winnings wise, they've won five in a row and they won an elite cup and Havoc has made like 6,500 total in prize winnings before taxes. Uh, Mm -hmm. And then I can't imagine his salary. Like he might be getting paid a decent salary, but I don't know if Texas Nation is technically an org or just like a name they go by. Uh, And no matter what, like there's no way his salary is as much as he'd be paid to be an NYSL. So uh, on paper, just seems very odd. But I guess if it's behind the scenes, personality clashes, uh, he knows a lot more than I do, obviously, about if his personality would mesh with the players. So I'm not going to question that, but just just a very odd situation. Uh, although I do think he'll find his way in the league, if not this year, after that uh, um, Challengers versus Pro Major, uh, probably if we hit expansion or maybe even if a team needs a sub post-Major 2 or Major 3. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was also going to say that, uh, you know, it seems like... Uh... Correct me if I'm wrong, but like last year when we when that uh, early early in the game when West Star was really good, uh, it seemed like they some teams had said that they were talking to West Star guys and they were gonna like, oh no, we're gonna stick together, we're not gonna split up. And then three of the um, four got picked up into the league. Yeah, exactly. And and then you know, fast forward a few weeks and you have like Paul getting picked up onto London, and you know the rest is history uh, with that. So I think it really does kind of come down to Havoc being an established pro and feeling co- more comfortable in turning down the offer. Um, and, you know, like like we said, he probably just saw that uh, it was going to be Clayster that got dropped. And, you know, I don't, I don't think I can fault him for, uh, you know, seeing uh, the reality of the situation and that, you know, he, he was probably going into it with the mindset that, uh, you know, Krim and I aren't going to get along or I'm not going to jive with, you know, if, if Krim starts yelling at me, you know, I feel like I'm an established pro. I've been playing for, you know, X amount of years. I have, you know, you know, I have some cred to my name. I don't need to be like talked to or what. I don't know. This is just me kind of throwing my own opinions in there. But uh, yeah, I, I, as opposed to, you know, a brand new am that hasn't seen it, the, the pro stage or has, has never played on a pro team before. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm excited to see what happens with their team, though. Like, if they continue to win and they get, like, eight or nine in a row, they win the LAN or something, it's going to be pretty hard to deny them spots. And, like, Havoc may have turned this down, but if somebody approaches Brezzy with a flex offer uh, or if somebody's really upset with their main AR out there in general gets approached, like, are these guys going to turn down a roster spot? Probably not, and then the team might break up. Uh, like like you said, with, with Westar last year, they were all saying they're going to stick together, stick together, and then eventually some of them, like, 
like Venom gets an offer from Thieves. It's pretty hard to turn down Nade Shot and Thieves, how big that brand is. Also, the team was pretty good. Like on paper, they had a lot of talented players mm-hmm. uh, to play with. Like at some point, you got to believe one of these players is going to get a, uh, an offer for a roster that they're not going to be able to turn down. Or guys like Brezzy, General, uh, Kismet started for Paris for a little bit there, but guys like Brezzy in general who haven't been able to start on a CDL team at all, like if one comes calling for them, it's going to be pretty hard not to go there. Uh, so we'll see what happens, but you ready to jump into some reactions, maybe kind of get through some reactions and then get into predictions. Yeah. All right. We had a, I would say this past week, the second week of qualifiers was an improvement uh, in terms of entertainment value and quality of matches over week one. Week one was kind of a snoozer for a lot of them, but week two is interesting. Going to kind of go team by team, maybe offer little thoughts, some quick questions on them. Starting with Paris. Uh, they go 0-2 on the week, reverse swept by London, and lose 3-1 to NYSL, losing two hard points to the 0-13 uh, hard point subliners coming into the match. Uh, they lose 3-1 to them, and then, like I said, reverse swept by London Royal Ravens. That's They've been getting reverse swept like crazy uh, so far in this stage. <laughs> uh, Temp and John continued to fry this weekend. Uh, Jimbo, super inconsistent. Gravity didn't uh, play all that well. Uh, like When you're looking at Paris' numbers this week, uh, in the the series against New York, John with a 1.1, Temp with a 1.13. In the series against London, John with a 1.2, Temp with a 1.12. Like these guys were frying all weekend. John was streaking in the control against uh, New York. Temp was just frying like he has been all year. Um, but they lose twice again. Uh, Jimbo with a 0.71 against New York and a 0.91 against London. He's been super inconsistent. Gravity. You know, hovering in the point eight range, not where you want to see your main AR at. Uh, just a very odd showing because they once again get up 2-0 in a series and 2-0 against a very good London team. Uh, and they just can't close it out. And then they lose to subliners who can't win a match. Uh, it seems like we're back to square one with this team where we saw the potential at the end of the major. It seems like Jimbo is just not the answer, in my opinion. Uh, I still think Gravity is just fine as a main AR. I just... Like I said last week, I was ready. Uh, I know you wanted to be patient with Jimbo. I was ready to get rid of him. Uh, I still think it should be fellow in there for him, but that's not going to happen since they dropped him. Uh, they need a sub. If Havoc turns down New York, I can't imagine he's going to take this offer. Maybe they can get Kismet back on their team. Uh, maybe they can get a different sub from Challengers. Who knows? I just don't think Jimbo is it. I feel like this team is, like for being the bottom team, uh, they keep getting up 2-0 in series and blowing them, and Temp and John continue to fry. Uh, Got to see a change for Jimbo here, in my opinion. That's what I'm sticking with, because once again, this team is up 2-0 on London, who's a top-three team, and they look very good, and they just can't close it out, and Jimbo is just way too inconsistent. Yeah, I agree. This team is really... Uh, you know, they're showing flashes, uh, to be uh, to be sure, you know, with uh, Temp and John. John's kind of having like a a resurgence in this game a little bit. Like some people were questioning whether he was going to get that boot soon as well. Uh, but he's been throwing up some good series, good numbers. He seems to be finding out how to play the game better. Uh, and temp just continues to, you know, be the unsung hero of this team. Uh, you know, it's hard to say that there's any heroes on this team, but <laughs> with, uh, with temp having, you know, consistently good, uh, stats and good matches um despite them losing um yeah i it just really comes down to are they are they willing to make another move spend you know theoretically spend more money uh to replace jimbo uh 
if 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 they do decide that that is the route that they want to go um i'm i'm still kind of down on this team just because you know it just they're making the right moves uh mm-hmm. You know, maybe maybe Jimbo was the guy that Temp and that Temp wanted to be. Honestly, you should be building this team uh, with who Temp wants. Obviously, he's an established pro. He's uh, at times been one of the the best players. Uh, you know, in you know, any given title and stuff. But uh, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think John made this decision. I don't think Temp made this decision. I think like Theory and some staff made this decision because like, oh yeah initially when you hear like temp in the comms with Jimbo and like, he looks like he doesn't have faith. He looks so upset. Like he just didn't seem happy with the change. Uh, if it's, it feels like he wanted fellow in there still. I can't, I can't imagine a guy like John who's a vet and has played with a lot of legends was just so super excited to pick up like a, a random am. He didn't know and probably had never talked to in comparison to a guy that he's known forever, like fellow, uh, especially because like, you know, when you go to battle with fellow on land, like you can trust that guy. John, you can trust that guy. Temp, you can trust that guy. Gravity, he's won amateur champs, uh, or not like not saying like uh, world championship, but like amateur uh, tournaments. He's won on land. Like you know, you can trust that guy. Like you're going to battle with three other guys you can trust. I feel like he doesn't fully trust Jimbo, and that's a huge thing. Like when you don't trust your teammate to do something, uh, not going to play well. No matter like even if you say you trust them, but in the back of your mind, it's just not there. You're going to struggle and. I don't know. I feel like the players aren't pulling the strings here, which is another reason why Paris has been like the poverty franchise of the CDL. Because uh, mm-hmm. like this isn't a sport where like you got a football team or basketball team and you've got a guy whose job it is to dive into all these numbers and make the moves. Like, yes, you should have somebody maybe recommending moves, looking into players that would fit. But at the same time, like Call of Duty is different than a sport. Like the player's opinion shouldn't be the only one that's counted, but if it should be a lot more heavily weighed in than you see in sports because. Uh, it's just different like when you're playing with the players you know uh who will fold and who won't and i feel like right now they just don't have faith in each other and like we said they keep getting up 2-0 against good teams they keep forcing series to a mat five they just can't close them out because i just don't feel like they have the team right now so we can move on from paris but just just disappointed that fellows on this team because i don't think they're like world beater contenders if fellows in this team but i don't think that uh they're uh winless 0-4 or whatever they are, 0-3, 0-4 in Stage 2. I don't, I don't think that's the case. I feel like one of these series that they were up 2-0 and they would have closed out at least. Uh, can move on to the team that beat them and won their first hard point, New York. They improved, no doubt about it. You know, whatever, it was against Paris, arguably the worst team in the CDL, but hey, it was an improvement. They won two hard points en route to a 3-1 win over Paris. Is your faith in them restored? Uh, I don't think so yet. I'm going to have to see you know, significantly more consistency. Um, yep. You know, this, it was positive signs, but it seems like every team that's struggling, uh, be it like your rocker or your, uh, you know, just anybody. I, I feel like last week, uh, it seems like Paris is your bounce back game. <laughs> rocker reverse swept on last week too. Yeah. And, it, uh, geez, I can't, uh, but it always seems like a team that's like on the downfall gets a big turnaround game against Paris. But Optic it, like, earlier, <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, LAG three uh, them last week too, like you said. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I you know if this was any other team, and you know they were in a, a similar situation, and then they got you know their first you know, the first hard point wins and stuff. I don't think I would be saying that, you know, I'm fully faith restored, but, uh, 
you know, obviously the only way you could go is up with this New York team. It really couldn't get much worse in terms mm. of, you know, not winning, uh, you know, arguably the most important game mode in, in variant. <laughs> uh, so yeah. Uh, but obviously, uh, you can't fault them for winning against a team like Paris either. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't know. <laughs> That's that's, my... that's one of my biggest pet peeves is when people are like, yeah, but they beat this team. Like, yes, you need to take that into consideration because like, yes, if they're beating a team like like if New York beats Paris 3-1 or they would have beaten Optic 3-1. Yes, we're going to weigh an Optic win a little more because Optic is a much better team than Paris. But like at the same time, you can't just completely discount something like I remember I said something about Slasher playing pretty well. And somebody was in my mention saying it was against Paris. And I just didn't even give it the time of day because I was like, yes, it's against Paris. Obviously, it's not as hard to do it against Paris, but like seeing somebody bounce back regardless it's still pro competition like it's not like paris is some terrible ranked play pickup team that the pros just bully there's a reason they were up 2-0 against london uh because they're a decent team like they're definitely bottom of the league but like they could still hang with any of the pro teams on any given day uh and make a series competitive so like when i said slashers improving and somebody's like it's against paris it's like okay yeah sure whatever they're not phased but like still to see a player who's been struggling big time bounce back it's a big deal just like this I'm yeah, definitely not ready to say uh, my faith is restored in them, but I fully believe that they're on the right track. At least I feel like this was a good stepping stone to potentially get them on the right track. And now I believe that makes them one and two because this was their only match in the week that makes them one and two. So, hey, uh, I'm not sure I can look here who they have this week. Uh, they get Minnesota and Toronto. So, you know, Minnesota isn't the easiest match, but, you know, that's not like one of the top teams that's a team that's been struggling a lot. Another team that's very bad in hard points. So it's a winnable series for them. Uh, and then they play Toronto who, you know, Toronto's definitely the better team, but Toronto went Owen two this week. They look uh, a bit shaky. Like they're struggling a little bit. Like if New York ends up winning one of those matches, uh, plenty of two and three teams made it to winner's bracket. So Like there's a chance they have a winner's bracket, which could really help them gain some momentum on land. Uh, definitely not ready to say this team is back, but Positive sign, top KD on their team for the series, Neptune. Interesting, because he's been very, very bad this year. Uh, him and Hydra look to be a pretty good sub-duo in this series. Uh, Krim played pretty well overall. Krim, best thing about them winning was Krim gave us a hilarious interview. Uh, haven't seen him get an interview in a while because they haven't won. Uh, and then Paul X had kind of a down series, but he had like three minutes in the hill in one of those hard points and like kind of seemed like that was just like his role. Uh in this series, they were just like, hey, just eat the hill time. Uh, and like, because they hadn't probably practiced with him too much. Like, I think he's going to get more into rhythm and like play like himself. And I feel like Paul is actually going to get better, which to me is like the thing I'm optimistic for with this team is I feel like Paul's only going to get more comfortable and get better because we know he can be a superstar caliber player at times. Uh, maybe this role swap is allowing Neptune to be more comfortable. So I, I will say I feel like Paul and Neptune are going to become more comfortable over time, which could potentially unlock a new level for this team but uh, i'm excited i feel like this team isn't going to be a bottom dweller potentially don't know that they're going to get anywhere like towards the top six but i feel like we're officially back into the point where when new york's on it's not like turn off the tv time yeah uh you know like you said um don't really expect them to i mean you know it, it's kind of a match by match basis now uh as to what their potential is um yeah, really uh, positive signs from Neptune as well, uh, with the, with the best KD on the team. Uh, Hy you know, Hydra continues to fry. Yeah. 
surprised there. I mean, if this um, team does happen to turn around and become like a top six team, like he should be thrusted into the MVP conversation. Oh yeah, for sure. And then, uh, you know, one other thing that you were, uh, that you had kind of, uh, spoken about too, but I, I kind of wanted to just hammer home, like, you know, it's probably time now to just lock this roster in, uh, and yeah, you know, um, I mean, unless something really goes sideways or like the internal vibes are just like chalked again, like it's probably time to just ride this out. Um, and you know, for, for better or for worse, I mean, the, like we keep saying this team on paper is so good. Uh, it feels like Neptune and Hydra really get along well and it makes Hydra happy to play with them too, which is something important to look at for the franchise of New York. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that that was just the point that I wanted to make is like, you know, if I was GM, I would say like, okay, we we're just gonna ride for this until like you know major three or something, you know, like at, at least until major three. Yeah, I, I would agree. I'd say you should keep your uh like your finger on the pulse of challengers looking for potential sub players. Like you're not completely out of the woods, but I would think that like it would be nice to see at least one more week of matches of this team. And if you find a way to go one and one, potentially two and all this week, then it's like, okay, we definitely ride this out through the major, maybe further unless we absolutely flop. Uh, but I would definitely say it's not like you're completely set with this roster, but uh, I'd like to at least see them go forward through the major and play on land with this team. But, you know, keep your, keep your finger on the pulse of challengers, watch for potential sub players. Uh, but I think we'd both agree faith, not restored fully, but we're getting a little more optimistic than we were. We we believe they could potentially get to the point where they're a, a team maybe viable for fighting for that eighth spot uh, and moving up the ladder a little bit. Feels like they're out of the complete bottom dweller category, potentially. All right. Next team, we go from the bottom dwellers in Paris and NYSL to best team in the game right now, in my opinion, Optic Texas, 2-0 in the week. 3-1 over Seattle, and they really iced up some maps in that series. Uh, showed, once again, clutch factor that we really haven't been used to seeing from Optic over the past few years. And then they 3-0 Florida. Uh, I don't have too much to talk about with this team because they've been so dominant, but I guess my question for you, are they are they clear best team in the game? Is there a debate at this point who the best team is? Is it Optic? Uh, there's no debate in my mind. Uh, that they've kind of like They've kind of replaced FaZe in like my talking points where it's like, you know, for for so long it was like, yeah, I don't really have a lot to say about Phase. You know, they're just winning. They're doing all the right things. They're icy. They're, you know, they seem to love playing with each other. Yada yada yada. Um, and I think Optic is just kind of like, you know, they've slotted right in there perfectly. Um, all the same talking points I would have about Phase, I have about Optic now. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, so it might sound like we're you know we're not giving them their due time or whatever, but there's just not a lot that we can criticize or really delve into. Um, yeah. you, have sh- you have Shotzi saying that they're going to, you know, expand their map pool. This yeah, that was the interesting thing I wanted to mention. Um, so, you know, that I'll, I'll let you kind of take that away when I'm, when I finish here, but you know, it's just like, you know, they're at that point now where they're just like, you know, let's just play our weak maps and see if we can just ego some of these teams or, you know, improve on our strats on these maps or whatever. So, um, you know, really impressed with them. I, you know, the, the coaching staff must be doing wonders too, because this team looks prepared. Um, when last year or, you know, for the last two years, it looks like they were just kind of like, you know, riding into a match and not really having done their homework or like knowing how to counter strat these other teams. Um, but it looks like they've been, you know, hitting the VOD hard. They know what they're doing. Um, and they have four, you know, 
all-star players on their team, superstar players. So, uh, you know, mm-hmm. they're doing all the right things. Yeah, I mean, like you said, it's there's nothing really to hammer negative on this team until we see them uh, struggle. Because, I mean, they're on a 10-match win streak. Since they went 0-2, they haven't lost a match. Uh, so, like, there's nothing, like, really negative you can say uh, about the team at this point. And positives, like, there are so many positives, but it's hard to just keep hammering them home because everybody that you see everywhere has been talking about it. Cause obviously optic fans are very vocal. And right now is if you're an optic fan, it's a time to be vocal because they are the clear in a way, uh, best team in my opinion, but yeah, there's not a lot I want to ha- hammer home. Uh, I, I wanted to make that point. You made the point. It's interesting that their map pool, uh, is something they might test out. Cause I believe at three and zero with a good map count, they're pretty much locked into winner's bracket. I, I would probably say they have that clinched already. Uh, and then this week, I know they play FaZe, but they also play LAG. So, you know, two teams that if you're trying to ex- uh, expand your map pool, it doesn't seem like LAG has a very big map pool, so that might not be a problem. But like FaZe, we know you play FaZe on any map, even if it says, if the record shows they're bad, they're probably able to beat you on it because just like Optic, they're a supremely talented team. Uh, so that's something interesting to know. Maybe Optic will lose a match they typically wouldn't this week if they're trying to expand that map pool. I wanted to mention something uh, Illy. Like I heard him on Stay Attached, uh, Attached podcast that he does. I've heard him like all year in like optic content. This guy's become one of my favorite players. He is like my type of player, an absolute grinder, an S and D player, uh, and just like seems so icy. This guy's quickly become one of my favorite players. Seems like a really cool, humble kid too, as well. So I'm excited to keep watching his story. I feel like he's a perfect player to showcase on Optic, as you know he's going to be in content, and he seems like more of a quiet kid that like. Even on a team like Envy, he wasn't really featured much in content uh, because they are a very big org empire. But I mean, they're just not a big content team, so you didn't see much from Illy. So excited to keep seeing stuff from him because you know Scump's got the personality, Shotzi has the personality, Dashy has the personality. But I, I kind of, kind of my favorite player developing into one of my favorite players in the league, Illy. I love the way he plays. He seems like a mastermind on the map, and I'm excited to see where this team goes. See if expanding their map pool benefits them because we know. If they hit their goal of making another grand final, you basically play every single map in the game except one HP. So uh, they gotta gotta have an extensive map pool. But ready to move on to an zero two team this week, Surge. Mm-hmm. So they lost. Uh, you know the team we just talked about, Optic three one had some close maps in there. Definitely was a, a very tight series. They played Optic really well actually, and then they lose to LAG. Uh, that was a three one as well, I believe. Surge won map one in that series. Kind of a weird question here for you, Kyle, but is it is the Seattle Surge experiment over? Is it time to blow it up? Sounds weird to I, say because of how good they started, but what are they, like 1-7, and 1-8 and eight in their last matches, and their one win was a map 5 against FaZe? Yeah, we saw we kind of had some like fool's gold last weekend with the FaZe when maybe staved off some internal struggles, but, you know, they went up against, you know, Optic, who's the best team in the game. I don't think you can fault them for losing that. Um you know, then then they uh, they got done in by uh, LAG here too, uh, which is kind of uh, you know maybe a good maybe a better sign for LAG. Um, you know, a, another team that's been struggling with the consistency as of late. Um, I don't think their experiment is over. I just think they, uh, yeah, it seems like they have a good org over there now with you know Novus and I don't know who else they have, but uh, it seems like they have more support now than they have before. They actually have a uh, a facility. It looks like, um, so I just don't know what you would do with this team right now because you know, like we said, Mac is probably their best player. Sib and Pred are like 
a duo that's capable of like MVP caliber gameplay at any moment. It's just they've been struggling for consistency, and then accuracy is just that kind of like that kind of glue veteran guy holding the team together. Uh, the team is kind of shaped in his image. Um, so, you know, roster moves kind of sound sexy. Uh, it's kind of like the hot button thing. It's like, oh, team is struggling roster move. Uh, I just don't know what you would do with this team. Uh, interested to hear what you have to say. Yeah, it it's tough because like on paper, it's like maybe Mac would be the guy you go to based on names. But in my opinion, and sounds like your opinion as well, Mac is the best player in the team so far this year. Uh, maybe early on, it would have been like a Sib or a Predica Sib was cooking, but we've seen Sib struggle for a majority of the matches for a while now. Uh, and Pred hasn't been like bad by any means, but he hasn't been as flashy as we saw him early on. Mac has been clear in a way their best player. And accuracy is definitely their leader. And he's also been playing pretty well for most of the time. So like on paper, it seems like Mac or accuracy would be the first one to go. But actually, in my opinion, they almost are the two safest players. But it seems so weird because like you've seen the potential from Sib to be an absolute superstar. And you've also seen the potential from Pred to be a super good entry player that's first blood machine and really doing all the dirty work for a team and being a very good submachine gun player. But clearly something has to change. They have to either change their system up uh, really focus on expanding their map pool and becoming maybe more of a diverse team uh, that's able to just chow you on any map because it doesn't seem like they're going to be able to specialize in any map. So maybe they just need to get a super wide map pool and be able to ban team's best map against them uh, for each game mode. Uh, it's tough, I guess. I I don't know. It's hard to say like you want to sub out Sib or Pred because like we know that they're sealing like Sib and Pred. Like usually when you're saying you're benching someone, you're saying maybe they're not a CDL caliber player, but I know for a fact that Sib and Brett are both CDL caliber players. Like these are very good players. Like we were talking after one or two weeks that like which one of them is going to win rookie of the year. It's got to be one of them. Uh, uh-huh. Now it's probably fully switched to one of the London guys uh, as not, not probably it has fully switched to one of the London guys as the rookie of the year. Um, going to be Gizmo or nasty unless something crazy happens, but like, it, it's just so weird. Like, I don't know what to do with this team either. We can move on to the next team because it's tough. Sounds like neither of us have a full idea, but I guess I think maybe you explore a, a switch out for Sib and uh, Sib or Pred. And if there's a good option, I just don't know if there is because maybe um, they're just not playing the way and they're not fitting into the system correctly. Uh, but uh, I'm, I'm definitely not sold on that potential move. No, I'm not. I'm not sold. I, I want to see this team iron out their issues because. I think getting rid of either Sib or Pred would be too. You you would be losing too much potential. You're damaging your future, it feels like more yeah. like past yeah. Vanguard. And I mean, my one thing would be like, do you go out and like look for the best AR and just kind of ride with like losing your system player? Um, you I know, feel like it, that would it, make this team spiral even more. I. It's but I mean that's why I'm more in the camp of just stick it out. Yeah. It just depends. Like if they stick it out there and losers bracket this next major and they get first yeah. round and finish top 12 again, at some point with back to back top 12 finishes and not winning a single match on land, you'd have to make a change in some way. But yeah, I mean, I, I think that's a, another debate uh, or like the what's wrong with Seattle or what happened to Seattle podcast or something. But yeah, uh, like we said, there's no clear, clear answer. So I think, uh, I think we could probably, you know, agree to disagree or move on or something, but it's yeah, kind of depressing it, to be honest. Yeah. Because it, it's not like a, a team where it's like, man, there are so many issues here that like, what do you do? It's a team that it's like, 
the rosters are right in front of you that should be good. They just haven't been able to put it together since uh, the kickoff and maybe the first couple matches following the kickoff. Uh, mm-hmm. We can move on to your team, though, Minnesota. Yeah. They get beat 3-0 by Boston. They fall to 1-2. and It looks like all is lost. They're going to be in loser's bracket of their major. They go down 2-0 to LA Thieves. It's like, man, Minnesota is going to be in loser's bracket at their major. This team needs a change. And then out of nowhere, they reverse sweep Thieves to get to 2-2. Two and two. Now they're in the driver's seat uh, to be in winner's bracket at their major because they have uh, NYSL. Very winnable match this week. Uh, I said last week, if they could go 1-1 one and one in their matches, potentially 2-0, and oh, uh, they'd have a very good chance to hit that winner's bracket mark, which you need to do at your own major. Uh, and it's looking like now, even with a loss, as long as it's like a 3-2 or something, they have a decent chance to make it. Uh, but I would say they have a pretty good chance to beat NYSL team that we've seen struggle pretty much all year except last week. They showed some crazy composure that we know they always have. Uh, Attached like tweeted something about, like, I got to have the most reverse sweeps in COD history, which is probably true. The iciest player uh, to ever touch the COD sticks in Attach. Um I guess I don't have too much to say about this team. I know that might disappoint you because they're your boys, but like the reason I don't have much to say is because I don't know who they are. That's what I wrote after uh, for a little note for the series. Who are they? They lose three out of Boston, uh, who I was a little down on. But after this week, when we get to them next, uh, talk about being a little higher on Boston. But like, that's what I'm going to leave this team with. If you have anything to say about them, we can do it. But my uh, like closing thoughts for Minnesota, who the heck are they? I don't know who they are. One week, they're terrible. The next week, they look terrible in their first sweep. Uh, I just don't know what to think of this team. Yeah, I just... It's hard to think that they're not getting bailed out. Like, uh, you know, obviously, composure and when rattling off 3, 4, 5 are... You know, they speak for themselves. It's something that you would expect your established team to uh, be able to pull off every now and then. Um, but I, I'm in the same boat as you. I just don't, like... It doesn't seem like this is a team that's going to make a roster change. Um, you know, they're they're kind of firmly in that like mid pack team, uh, probably towards the back end of the mid pack. To be mm-hmm. to be frank, um, they got absolutely cooked by Boston. Um, yeah, i I think uh, I think that speaks more to like maybe people should be higher on Boston, and then uh, you know they get they get. I'm. I'm. I'll. I'll just say they got bailed out against thieves, and thieves are looking kind of iffy too. Uh, as yeah, of late. what the heck? Um, but I'm sure we're gonna get to them in a second. Uh, but you know, major and Standy, you know, turned turned around. They had they had great series against thieves. Um, and you know, people were like halfway through the series, like I think uh, nameless was like blow it up. I was like, what the hell? Yeah, like you're just gonna like nuke this roster um but you know i I think before the season started we were both um we were both kind of in the camp that you know this is a team that you're going to just have to ride the the peaks and valleys of this team because they stuck they they stood firm with their Mm -hmm. roster uh they would really look like you know frankly idiots right now if they nuked it and then they're like oh we're fighting from the back now and we don't know what we're doing uh it's clear that they have a system um and they're just, you know, like a lot of other teams, they're just looking for consistency. Uh, so, yeah, I, I don't really have a whole lot else. They're they're in an identity crisis in my mind as well, uh, as as far as like, uh, you know, they they just can't seem to win an opening hard point, which just instantly puts them on the back foot. Um, no matter who you're playing, if you're if you're 
automatically down like oh to one as like you're starting from losers kinda. Um so I don't I don't have much else to say though. Yeah, we can move on to the team that uh they played this week and got smoked by Boston, who beat Minnesota and Toronto. They smoked Minnesota, like we said. Uh they beat Toronto in a three two. Zinny gets his revenge. Uh I told you. Yeah. Uh I should have picked it because I've been a little bit more down on Toronto, but I just had faith in them to restore it. Uh, currently, Boston is the number one seed for Major 2, I believe I saw. Obviously, like probably tied with Optic, but I think technically their map count might be better. I thought I saw that they were the number one seed uh, right now for um, for this upcoming Minnesota Major. Obviously, that could change uh, if Optic goes 2-0 and their map count is better, I believe it goes to. Um Boston also sitting in sole possession of fourth place in the CDL for points. I wrote a note here down uh, to talk, are they a top six team? But when you actually look at the standings, like with the way Thieves and Ultra look, uh, it seems like no doubt they're at least number six because uh, they are definitely at this point, you'd have to put them ahead of Minnesota, Florida, uh, LAG, Surge, Subliners, and Paris, unless you have a crazy take. I think you'd have to probably put them ahead of all those teams. Mm -hmm. And then when you look at the top six in the standings, obviously pretty hard to argue against uh, Optic Phase London. Uh, not being one, two, three, especially optic in phase, not being one, two, London being three. Uh, but then with the way thieves and ultra are looking uh, are Boston currently a top four team. Are they the fourth best team in the league? I mean, yeah. uh, to use like a skiing metaphor there, but uh, uh, yeah, I'm not. I mean, you kind of gotta give them their respect. They're three and zero. They've beaten Toronto, who a lot of people said are like, you know, a, a consensus top four team, even though the the results really haven't been there yet. Uh, Minnesota, they beat. They beat Seattle, who's you know struggling, like we said. The, I mean, admittedly, they do kind of have a. Uh, mm-hmm an easier group uh grouping of matches this major so um yeah this this might be their time to pounce and you know shore up the winner's bracket a high seed and you know uh maybe make a run at this thing uh in a in a few weeks time uh this coming week they do play florida and ravens uh ravens are you know they're a top 3 team i i, I think everybody would say they but they they do look beatable at times um, mm-hmm. you know, obviously, uh, Paris took the first two maps off him and then they got reverse swept. So, you know, you, you can get them on, on, on a day that you're there. So, uh, and this team looks like they're coming together more and more. Well, uh, I've been really impressed. Like I said, last week, I've been really impressed with Nero, um, Tejan methods turned up in that ultra series. Um, mm-hmm. so I don't know. Uh, I think this team is good though. I, I'll I'll go ahead and give them number four right now. Sure, why not? Yeah, it might, I think... it might be the, it might be the only time that we can say that. Who knows? Yeah, and it's not like we're saying like right now. Like I fully think like by the end of the year they will be better than Ultra and Thieves because I'm not ready to say that. But like right now they're 100 percent better than Thieves. I mean Thieves are 0 3 in a complete slide identity crisis. People are talking about maybe this team should be blown up. Uh like Thieves are in a full identity crisis. I'm have way more faith in Boston right now. And I'm always been a person that's really cautious to like throw Ultra uh, under the bus and like lose faith in them. But Ultra look very shaky right now too. 
Um, they obviously lose two game fives this week, so it's not like they just like were absolutely destroyed. They lost three two to Boston, and because Boston beat them, I guess I'm putting Boston four right now. But that doesn't mean if we come to the major and I see like Toronto Boston in winners bracket in a matchup doesn't necessarily mean I would go Boston just because I do think they have their inconsistencies. But right now they're definitely top five, and I think you can you can make a legit argument they're the fourth fourth team right now behind uh, Optic Phase in London. So. Shout out to Boston because I was a doubter for them. Uh, I felt I felt like they were a good team that can compete for that like seven eight range. But right now they are definitely uh, outperforming what my expectations were for them. So hopefully they can keep it up because they're a fun team to watch. They feel like that like team that's always going to be very good in search and destroy. And if they can get their respawns straight, they can beat anybody. And currently that's what they're doing. So shout out to Boston. Uh, next team we got London Royal Ravens. They beat Paris in a reverse sweep. Lose to Phase. Uh, I kind of want to start flying through these a little bit so we can get into our predictions and have some time for that. But London, reverse sweep Paris, clutch up. Thankfully, they don't lose to them. Uh, lose to phase <laughs> 3-1. Is there ceiling top three? I guess that's what I was left wondering since, like, you know, they almost lose to Paris, but then they lose again to phase. Although the matches against phase, like the maps themselves, uh, were pretty darn close. I'm gonna, I was trying to pull up the stats here on that series. Like overall, I believe the score lines were pretty close. I remember the final uh, map for Hardpoint. I remember watching that; it was really tight. Yeah, they lost Tuscan two fifty to two thirty six. They lost the Gavutu about two fifty to two hundred. Kind of got blown out in the search six two. Control was three one on Gavutu, but like overall, they play it tight. But I'm kind of left wondering: is there ceiling right now? Uh, top three is there ceiling for the whole year going to be behind Optic and Phase? You think, or will they eventually have the potential to get over that hump? I think right now that's definitely a a reasonable stance to have that you know they're probably playing third fiddle to to phase and uh optic obviously um but we've seen this team we've seen the potential that this team has uh to you know turn up and really i mean they uh I, they play really well as a team i'll just say that you know it's clear that they have a lot of chemistry already built up um so it wouldn't surprise me if this team was able to uh you know eke in there and, and beat a beat an optic or a, a phase on a day um especially on land when all the when everything kind of gets thrown out uh everything we know so um but you know i, I would probably say that they are the third best team in the game and i would expect them on uh i would expect phase and optic to win the majority of matches that they play against london but uh that's not to disrespect london though yeah I I agree. I when I wrote this question, I was kind of thinking short term, long term. I feel like in the short term, I do kind of think top three is their ceiling. I just can't see them like they've looked good, but it doesn't seem like I feel like Gizmo, you know, having to take that time off and stuff, maybe like stunted their like the speed of their growth because like, you know, they weren't able to practice with him for a couple weeks there. And now they're kind of getting back into the swing of things. So maybe they like lost a little bit of momentum there. And understandably, obviously, he had to do what he had to do. But it uh, feels like maybe they lost a bit of momentum with that. Um, not that they lost a step because they still seem like they are the third best team in the league, which is where they were uh, pre his little break. But seems like right now, I'd say I, I just can't see them beating Optic or Phase. So I feel like that third place is their ceiling. However, I'm not ready to say that that's their ceiling for the year. I still think at some point uh, they are bound to take out either Optic or Phase or both and potentially hit a grand final. I don't think it's their ceiling long term, but it feels like short term it may be. All right, Florida, fall 3-0 to Optic, despite playing their best maps, only match of the week for them. Can this roster win consistently? I mean, I'll go first because I don't have much to say about it. I just don't see a way this roster can win consistently. I'm almost in team uh, make a trade for Clay for this roster. Uh, 
I am not uh, a person who like is absolutely adamant that a team needs a, a leader, an IGL, an established person. I feel like uh, Optic doesn't really have an established one right now. I feel like Illy maybe kind of is, but it seems like that team is very team-based in their comms and they like all kind of contribute. I'm not a person that necessarily thinks that it's an absolute necessity, but one team I think needs it is Florida. This team just seems lost on the map sometimes. I feel like if they had Clay potentially, he could organize the troops a lot better and get them on the same page and actually playing smart Call of Duty. Because like every time they play a map, it's like, wow, Florida has the number one KD on this map. Florida has the number one KD in this mode. Uh, this player has the number one KD. This player has a number three KD. All their KDs are insane, but they're just an average team. Like there's that's not a coincidence that all their KDs are insane and they're just average at best. Like they just seem lost overall and unorganized on the map. Uh, it's I don't know. I, I feel like they just need need some some form of leadership. Uh, I don't think coaching is something that can affect it because it seems like just in game they kind of get lost. Coaches can only do so much because they can't be in game comment for you. So I don't know. I just don't think this roster can win consistently with the way they play because seems like some days they come out and they are just shooting so straight and their guns are so hot that they will win. And then other days, if their guns aren't red hot, they are just going to get outplayed with strategy. Uh, so I don't know. I just don't see this being a team that can win consistently, especially since they just played optic on all their best maps and got three would Yeah, you're, you're so right with the, uh, the, the lack of organization, uh, really being a hamper for them. Uh, I just, <laughs> I kind of laughed that, you know, bringing another AR is their solution uh with clay but um yeah this team like like we've said for so long they're they're putting up great numbers and uh it seems like everything is there except for the the consistency and the organization on the map uh you know maybe this team with a little bit of uh a system like you know maybe a clay would bring in could be uh you know a a fringe top six top five team uh because the talent is there from a pure like presence on the map standpoint um it's just getting those presence on the maps like you know organized in a right in the right way to win um so yeah i uh i would say no they can't win consistently right now uh because their organization is just so poor yeah that's what it comes down to it's definitely not a talent issue uh in terms of raw gun skill just overall raw skill on the map definitely not the issue there this team has all of it they just are so unorganized and it seems like some of the plays they make uh looking at the mini map while they play it's just like man they are making some bonehead plays that cost uh their insane gun skill and there's a reason that they are number one in uh kd and i i thought i heard while they were playing optic uh they had like only been out slayed on bokeh hardpoint one time and they've played it like double digit number of times so like but they're like 500 on the map almost. They're like, maybe it's their six and three on the map. Uh, something like that. They're like six and three on Bocage Hardpoint. What is it? I'm pulling up their record here. They are. Oh, wait, no, this isn't Florida. This is LAG. What the heck am I doing? Florida is six and three on Bocage. Yeah. And I thought I heard that they had only been outslayed like one time. It's like they're outslaying everyone all the time. Like their overall KDs are pretty nuts. And they just like can't seem to find a way to consistently win matches so i i'd agree um next thing we want to talk about ultra lose game five to both breach and phase kleenex had covid in that second match uh he said admittedly he was feeling uh pretty terrible um i don't have much to talk about with ultra because like they lose two game fives against two good teams that we just got done saying that breach is arguably uh 
for sure a top five team right now uh, based on recent form, if not number four. And then FaZe, obviously, top two team, uh, perennial contender. Man, uh, have you lost faith in Ultra? My short answer, no. I think they're going to figure it out. Uh, it just is odd because we're so used to seeing them from last year just always being that second best team that is just waiting in the weeds to potentially get a crack at phase and upset them. Uh, we saw ultra and what two or three grand finals last year. So I feel like their expectations were set super high. And right now, you know, they're just struggling a little bit against some of the top teams. They aren't clutching up like they normally did in the past, but I, I'm still giving them a pass. Uh, I have not lost faith in them. I still feel like they could come out of the major and get a top three finish. Yeah, this team is, uh, I have not lost faith whatsoever. Um, like you mentioned, two game five losses, uh, to two good teams. Um, yeah. so you can't, it's going to happen sometimes. That. Yeah. Um, and you know, it might just be that they're, they're having a, a tough go of it right now in, in this particular set of qualifier matches for major two. So you'd expect them to, you know, have maybe an easier road. Um, because like it or not, it does come down to who you play, uh, in your group or, you know, in your mm-hmm. map pool or match pool and stuff. So, uh, um, yeah, and like you said, this team is always primed to come out and uh, you know set the world on fire just with the, their pure you know teamwork and uh, yeah. I mean, I but I, I like I don't think we've seen the best of Cami this year too. So absolutely I'm not. Waiting, I'm kind of waiting for him to show up uh, as well. I think Insight has been pretty impressive so far. I mean, uh, he's definitely proven his spot on the team. Uh, yeah, and then you know Kleenex and Bants, you would expect them to turn it around uh, to some degree too. Uh, so, yeah, I'm 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 never going to count Ultra out. Uh, I think they've just proven it time and again uh, that you know you have to you have to always give them their due respect. Yeah, and like like we said, they played they beat Minnesota week one, uh, who's an okay team, and then they lose to two very good teams. So they're one and two. They have Paris and NYSL this week, so. They went through two brutal matches, but they have a very easy chance to bounce back, be three and two, and be a potential top four seed of the major. Like, definitely, I haven't lost faith in this team. It's going to take, uh, this is one of those teams that's going to take a lot for me to fully lose faith in them. Like, I'm always going to hold out hope until, like, it's almost impossible to for this team, which I don't think we're ever going to get to that point this year. Uh, LAG went 3 1 over Surge, show some great composure. Uh, are they finally going to be consistent? Is our faith that we had in them paying off? Uh, I say. Yes, they're going to start to become more consistent. They seem to have gotten over the hump of the potential bad vibes with uh, the struggles. Slasher has been playing a lot better now. It's been a few matches now since he had that good match against Paris, and he seems to be playing a lot better. He switched an attachment on his automaton, and all of a sudden the dude uh, is playing way better uh, in this series overall. Uh, I believe, what was it? I think it was Asim had like an absolutely crazy streak in one of the hard points. But when you look at the side of Gorillas, like overall against Seattle, they kind of got outslayed. Slasher was the only one with a positive KD, but this team, teamwork seems to finally be rounding out. They were absolutely insanely clutch in the Gavutu control to win an offensive round five, uh, where Slasher was the hard carry with a 1.43. Seems like he's really stepping up, and I feel like so far this year for Gorillas, he's been kind of the weak link up to this point, so to see him playing well is nice and uh, i'm not ready to say like lag is a top six locked and loaded team they're going to be doing well at the major but i feel like they've maybe potentially turned a corner to start to show a little more consistency and try to put their hat in the ring to be a top six team yeah i, I totally agree with what you 
said, I mean, obviously only with only playing one match this weekend, uh, hard to really assess if they've truly turned the corner or not. Um, but I, I would say, you know, it was positive, uh, positive from what we've seen. Um, you know, like slasher kind of rounding into form, you would say, uh, and, you know, despite being out, out slayed, um, by Seattle with slasher being the only one with a positive KD. Uh, I think that's a good result for them as well. Uh, and I would like, you know, I, I think we, you and I are both kind of riding this team, uh, through hell or high water <laughs> right now. Um, just because we, we, we know what this team probably can do. So, uh, it, Looks like we're kind of being uh, rewarded for our faith, I guess. Um, but you know, it is it? Yeah. I still need to see consistency on land. Consistency. Oh yeah, we've got uh, a long ways to go. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like it's so. it's just like New York, not fully gaining faith in them, but they seem like they may have turned a corner. We're on the right path. Uh, got two more teams left to talk about in very different spots. Uh, LA Thieves reverse swept by Minnesota. They're zero and three in stage two. Is it starting to get to the point where, like, if they don't perform here towards the end of this uh, stage and then at the major, are we potentially talking about going from us picking this team to win major one back in the time to maybe they need to potentially start getting people on their radar for a roster change? Is is that a thing that could potentially be looming for uh, a team that, if you look at it on paper, is in a similar spot with Seattle? No clear weak link, all all time. Uh, great player. Maybe Draza isn't in the like all-time great player category yet, but a very good player right now, currently. Um, are they getting to the point where maybe they should start having their their finger on the pulse of challengers and looking at roster changes if they close out this stage two as poorly as they have to begin it? Yeah, I mean, this is a really worst-case scenario uh, so far for uh, for Thieves. Uh, not, the, not the start to the second major anybody would have wanted for them. Um, especially kind of having a uh, an early exit in their mind from Major One. Uh, so yeah, um, I don't think it's ever too early to be at least you know seeing the talent that's out there. Uh, you don't want to be kind of making a haphazard decision on who you want to bring in if that if that is the uh, if that is the end result here. Um, but you know this team just has shown me too much. Uh, early on that I'm I'm hesitant to say that that's what that's the move they should go for um but yeah I mean it's definitely been a little bit concerning uh that they've been struggling so yeah uh yeah. It, it, I, I'm just it's such a tough situation because it's like Seattle but even harder because these are more established players than the Seattle players like on paper and like you've seen the ability in hardpoint they at times have been the best hardpoint team in the game for a little bit there. And we've seen them be very good in control at times. It's just their search has been so shaky. And I don't know if that's a fixable thing with how bad they've looked. Sometimes teams are just not fixable in search and things just don't click. So I'm a little nervous, but like I still feel like we should give this team some time. Like this week they get LAG and Seattle. Like uh LAG can be a tough match potentially. I feel like Seattle should be a winnable a game for them. If they go two and three, you know, potentially you could find a spot towards the bottom of winner's bracket. But yeah, it, it's an interesting situation with Eves. Never thought going from how strong they looked at four and one going into the first major that we'd be talking about 
them being 0-3 and uh, potentially needing to look at shaking up the roster a little bit, maybe shaking up roles a little bit on the roster because uh, we know they have two flex players in Draza and Kenny. So maybe switching up roles there a little bit. Who knows? Uh, but the last team we got to talk about before predictions, Atlanta. They beat London 3-1 and Ultra 3-2. They show a lot of composure. Um, but my question for you with this team is their control is still very shaky at times. It's tough to rely on for them right now in that map three. Can they catch OG right now? Can they catch Optic? Uh, not like in terms of season long, but right now at this next major, are you scared of their ability to potentially catch up to Optic and beat them with them being so inconsistent in control? Because I mean, right now, Optic is undisputed best control team in the game. Uh, they squared up with like Florida, who everybody was saying was like the second best Tuscan control or one of the best Tuscan control teams in the game. Guess what? Florida had the number one KD on that map shocker. Uh, they squared up, beat them there. And optic is like maybe lost one control map. I think this year, I, th- I thought they said, uh, they've just been unreal. So kind of tough to rely on their control. Is that a, is that a concern for you in terms of their ability to beat optic? Yeah. I mean, anytime that you're, you know, I think all teams have to be measuring themselves against Optic, even though it's a it's a tall order. And uh, yeah, Optic's currently thirteen and one in control this year. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you know, take that for what it's worth. But um, yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, we we we've said time and again. I think you've really highlighted that control can be your swing mode. You know, like you can turn a match on its head. Uh, you go down 0-2, You rattle off that uh, that game three control, and you know you're you know, theoretically you're right back in it, you know? Um, yeah. Oftentimes the team who's best at a map three in most CODs is a top three team, if not the best team. I mean, phase clear cut best control team last year. Uh, they were definitely the best team in the game last year. Uh, Empire towards the end, definitely the best Dom team for a while there. They win champs. Like a lot of times, whoever your best third game O team is, they're the team that ends up being the best, if not a top three team. And uh, I'm going to say right now, I'm very concerned with phase's ability to beat, optic in the short term because of that control like i said 13 and 1 for optic and control 8 and 7 for phase uh and then in phase very much struggles uh on gavutu at 2 and 5 and they're 6 and 2 on tuscan where we know optic is far and away the best tuscan control team they're 10 and 1 they're also 3 and 0 on gav so like they're very versatile on both uh i'm scared in the short term for phase's ability to beat optic because of the control woes now they could easily still beat them i could see phase beating them in a maps one two and four but in terms of like if if the series is one one i'm i'm scared for phase because i i can't see them beating optic in a control too often yeah can you see many teams beating optic in a in a series anyway <laughs> no <laughs> and that, that's the issue and that i truly believe control is the reason that optic is on a 10 game win streak because like and you know they're they're a beatable team in in search. They're definitely a, a good search team, and they're definitely a good hardpoint team. I mean, mm-hmm. they're sitting at their overall records in hardpoint being thirteen and nine, and search being uh, eleven and eight. So like you know, good positive records, but they're beatable. Like it's not yeah. they're zero and three on siege search. Like they're definitely a, a beatable team. I'm just uh, waiting to see. I'm just waiting to see another land matchup with between these two teams. To be totally honest. Yeah. It's just like right now with their control the way it is, it's going to be very tough to beat them. You almost you almost have to beat Optic through hard points in search right now. Like yeah, yeah, they haven't lost the control in how long. Uh, but I'm ready to move on to predictions if you are. Yeah. All right, you can maybe give us a little quick score update and then we'll dive right in. All right, yeah, it was kind of an up and down week. Uh, we both had four uh, correct map and result predictions, uh, and pair that with uh, 
we both had uh, some negative points as well, and then uh, sprinkle in a couple other correct prediction results. Uh, so our point standings uh, are as such. I am in the lead with 50 points, and you are trailing by 8 points with 42. So I think I gained 1 point this week. Yeah, yeah. I think you, I think it was 9, and now it's 8. So I should have um, won for that Minnesota 3-2 over Thieves like I wanted to. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm going I'm to pick, pick my gut this week. I'm not going to let you sway me with that because <laughs> i i think last week i was even like oh i wanted to pick boston in that in that boston minnesota match and you kind of talked me back into my boys minnesota it's so. not hard to talk you back into minnesota let's be I, honest yeah i know, I know. <laughs> it's my weakness <laughs> all right you ready to dive in uh mm-hmm. got a interesting slate of matches per usual looking at this first day though uh looking like there could be two hot three o's on friday uh don't know though paris says been fighting pretty hard in most series. I believe they got 3-0'd by LAG, and then uh, they lost 3-1 once this week and have been reverse-swept twice, so they've had a couple map fives, but Toronto versus Paris in the first series. Um, kind of an interesting matchup. I have a couple pages up here to kind of look at uh, teams' vetoes. The issue with looking at vetoes for Paris is their map record on every map is just so bad that it's like tough to even see what they're going to veto. Like, you normally can look, but they're like one and five in two different hard points. Their their best hard point is a two and five record on Berlin. They're five and seventeen in hard points. So like tough to imagine what they're potentially gonna pick and ban. They obviously are best their best map and mo combo is Tuscan Search. Uh don't think it's gonna matter in this series though. I do think they'll get a map. Don't think they're gonna get reverse swept again. So I'm gonna go three one Toronto. Yeah, I was gonna think the same thing. I think Paris has shown a lot of grit being able to take maps off of teams. Uh, you know, like we saw with London and even in that New York match too. Um, so I, it, it leads me to award them, you know, one map here. Uh, but I, I think it's going to be a three, one to Toronto as well. Yeah. They, they've been a pretty solid control team as well. I feel like uh, Paris are going to find a way to take one of those first three maps somewhere in there. And then uh, Toronto will close it out into map four. All right, Thieves, LAG. Uh, the battle for LA won that. I believe like LAG didn't lose to Thieves last year in Gold War or something, even though they were like super terrible. But Thieves, LAG, this is an interesting matchup, especially in terms of seeding, because I uh, believe that LAG has two wins in this stage, so they could probably lock up a winner's bracket spot again. Uh, could definitely send Thieves to the loser's bracket 100% with a win because they'd be at 0-4. Uh, where are you leaning with this one? This is tough. You know, I, I want to be respectful of Thieves, you know, and, you know, maybe their ability to turn up. But then mm-hmm. you look across the table and it's like, well, LAG are deserving of that as well. Um, so it's really to me, it seems like it's a toss up right now. Uh, I'm not sure if I want to, you know, side with Thieves, even though they, they haven't really shown me much this stage so far. Um, so I think I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna gamble on LAG here. Uh, okay. I think it's gonna be a three-two though. It's gonna go game five. Okay, I could definitely see that. Kind of like looking at a little bit of the maps here, it seems like uh, thieves are three zero on Berlin, and Berlin hardpoint is also uh, Gorilla's best hardpoint. So I'd expect uh, they don't really play Gav much. They're one on one. I'd expect probably Gorillas to ban out Gav. Uh, thieves to probably. Ban out uh, Bow Cage, maybe? I feel like they'll square up on a Berlin because it's Gorilla's best map. Uh, 
I could see them taking a Berlin. Both of them are abysmal at search and destroy four and nine for gorillas and seven and 12 for thieves. Uh, they're both pretty average control teams. Uh, I feel like the coin flip matters a lot in this series. Cause I think in the Gavutu thieves would definitely win that control. Uh, but I feel like uh, gorillas won't want to chow them on that. So they might just play them on a Tuscan if they win the coin flip. You're going gorillas three, two. I think I'm going to go thieves three, one. I definitely like wanted to go gorillas, but I got to make up some points on you. And I feel like it's going to be pretty tough for me to imagine thieves uh, falling to an Owen four record in this stage. Like that sounds kind of crazy. I don't believe these teams have matched up at all this year. So this will be the first matchup. I think looking at uh, the match history here, don't think they matched up at all. Uh, so interested to see where it goes, but I'm going to go thieves three, one be a little different than you. And I, I also, could see it happening. Gain a little points. Battle of LA. Uh, it's also hard to imagine a world where thieves go to own four and potentially talk roster changes. All right. Atlanta versus Florida. Uh, it's going to be a, we're going to see a 60 bomb in the first map of the series. Cause uh, they're pretty much guaranteed to play bow cage. Uh, this map won Florida, their best map in hard point. And uh, I believe phase. Yeah. They're seven and oh on bow cage. So they're definitely going to square up on bow cage. Do you see a world where Florida wins a map? Because I don't. I'm going 3-0 Atlanta. Yeah, I think Atlanta's kind of like re-rounding into form here. Um, you know, after the after that like weird Luke uh flukish loss to uh to Surge to start. Um, but you know, FaZe really haven't put a foot wrong too much. Um and you know, Florida are just so disorganized. I think FaZe are gonna have a field day. So I'm gonna I I agree it's probably gonna be a 3-0. Um, and yeah. I don't know. Uh, I'll go ahead and gamble on the three one though. Uh, okay. So I'll I'll, I'll give Florida a map. Uh, this, but I I don't know what they're gonna win, but they they might. So I'll just I'll take that gamble just for. I, I feel like you're gonna say three zero, so I'll I'll go a little bit different and gamble yeah. on getting some points here for a three one. I mean, I go three zero because like when I look at uh especially with map counts and stuff like I was talking about, they're obviously going to play a bow cage. Uh, phase is seven and zero on bow cage hard point and Florida six and three Florida's eight and eight overall on hard point. They have two hard point wins on maps that aren't Berlin. Uh, they're one and two on Tuscan one and or on our bow cage. Excuse me. They're one and one on Berlin one and two in Tuscan and oh and two in Gav. Like they can't win a map. That's not uh bow cage. I feel like they're going to square up bow cage map one. I'm giving that edge to phase. And then any search and destroy, I'm giving the edge to FaZe. I'd imagine they probably play a Berlin map too, uh, unless FaZe decides to ban it out. And then in control, uh, FaZe is extremely good at Tuscan at 6-2. and two. They struggle a little more on uh, Gavutu at 2-5. and five. Uh, But Tuscan is also Florida's map, so I feel like either way, whoever wins picking Tuscan, I feel like it's going to be a, a bow cage, uh, probably bow cage, bow cage Tuscan, or bow cage Berlin Tuscan, and I, fa- I favor uh, phase in all those maps so i'm going phase because it, it feels like another optic series where florida ego child them on all their best maps but it just so happens that guess what those are also phases best maps and they're just a better team than you florida so i go 3-0 but i don't mind a 3-1 because you know with, with florida's hot guns they could just come out one map and win it and i wouldn't be shocked if they find a way to take a map all right moving into saturday seattle versus thieves who you got here uh two teams that are Kind of cold right now, huh? I mean, Thieves are definitely on the downfall. They could easily be 0-4 coming into this match. Seattle is definitely uh, on the downfall. Two teams we're talking about potentially making moves if they finish slow this major. 
I feel like I want to yeah. leave Thieves here, though, on a 3-1. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna agree with Thieves. Uh I'll go game five though. I'll say a three two Thieves. Um I just I, I don't know. I feel like they're kind of struggling. Like obviously they are struggling. I don't feel like they're struggling. They are. Um but I don't know. It might be a back and forth series. Um you know, obviously both these teams have potential to to win this series. Um yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's, it's a hard one to pick because you just don't have confidence in either team. Exactly, exactly, exactly. So uh, I'll say game five just for difference's sake as well. Um, but I'll, I'll give it to Thieves here as well. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I'm I'm going to give them 3-1, like I said. And it is just, I feel like you're in the same boat. Tough match to predict because you just don't feel good about either team. And typically, like... Even in a matchup of two bad teams, you maybe have a little bit more of an upside to one team, and both these are just on such a slide right now that it's hard to be like, hey, this is the positives of this team, and this is why I'm rocking with them. Both have just been in, <clears throat> excuse me, both have just been in such a bad slide that tough to have faith in either one. Uh, Boston, Florida up next. Uh, Florida kind of shaky a little bit last week, like we said. They got a tough week this week. Atlanta is obviously a tough match, and Boston's been looking really good. Are, are Boston going to improve to? To four and all here, I, I do think? think. I definitely think it's in the cards. Um, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, Boston's kind of getting into that groove right now where it's like I'm gonna pick them unless it's like it's unless they're you know severely overmatched. Like if if it was like a Boston optic or something, I'd be like, well, uh, okay, obviously I'm gonna go with optic. But mm-hmm. in these kind of midfield toss up matches, I'm gonna go ahead and side with Boston here. Um. I'll go ahead and give them a 3-1 Boston. Okay. I've been going more 3-1s. You've been going more 3-2s. I think we're going to flip it here. I think I'm going to go 3-2 in the side of Boston. Uh, based on the way that their maps work, too, uh, I did a little more deep diving into maps that I've been talking about a little more. Uh, a lot of you said you wanted to hear more about our thoughts on vetoes and stuff. So looking at this here, I mean, these are two teams. I mean, Boston has played uh, Bocage 10 times with a 4-6 and six record. Florida has played it nine times with a six and three record. I think they're going to square up on Bocage map one. Uh, then I think Gorillas are going to ban out Gavutu because they haven't won it yet this year. And uh, we've got Boston at four and one on it. Boston's also five and one. So their their map count or their map pool is definitely favored in Hardpoint. They're more versatile. I think they're going to end up playing a Berlin map four. Uh, I feel like Florida's probably going to take the cage. Uh, Boston's going to take the Berlin. So they'll be splitting the hard points. I think that they probably go control to the side of florida because boston's been a pretty abysmal control team they're three and ten uh so i feel like gonna be a two one advantage to the side uh of florida here and then i think boston are gonna close it out with a map four hard point win and a map five search win uh i just favor boston heavily in search and i think they're gonna get it done through uh probably two four five in this series and take it three two so far, we're pretty in sync with uh, the teams we're picking. Maybe a little different map counts, but eh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Besides that second one, th- these are like a couple of these matches. Like, I feel like it's hard not to pick like Boston or FaZe or Toronto in a lot of these matches because they're pretty heavily favored, I'd say. Next match, I feel like we're probably going to be in line with who we pick again. We've got LAG versus Optic. LAG could play spoiler for Optic's potential number one seed, especially because we're both picking Boston to be 4-0 and at this point. Uh, LAG are looking better. Is it good enough to beat Optic? Uh, I think you're probably going to agree. In my opinion, it's not. However, I'm not going to go with the 3-0. I'm going to go 3-1 to the side of Optic. 
Yeah, I mean, it really to me it kind of comes down to if Optic, you know, really start expanding their map pool and, uh, you know, maybe they they play a couple maps that they're not too hot on or they're not too familiar with. Um, but I don't know. I'm gonna keep riding Optic. Obviously, it's just a matter of a three. In my mind, it's either a three zero or a three one. Um, I'll go ahead and kind of say they come out and stunt on LAG here, uh, 3-0. Okay, yeah, I mean, I don't think that's a bad pick at all, especially because LAG don't really have, like, a game mode they hang their hat on at all this year, and Optic obviously is probably going to win the control for sure, no matter what map they play, and, I mean, when you look at the side of Optic, they're also a dominant hardpoint team. LAG have... Definitely been the best in hardpoint of all modes, eight and eight. They're four and nine in search, four and six in control. Like they definitely struggle uh in the two, three, five. So I could really see this being a three oh. I feel like that's probably the best pick. The reason I'm going three one is because of that whole map pool uh expansion idea. I feel like maybe that'll uh get LAG to play one of their better maps while Optic tries something new. Cause like I believe Optic is pretty bad at Berlin hardpoint unless I'm tripping. Yeah, Optic's 0 and four in Berlin hardpoint. Uh and LAG is four and three. It's their best map and mode combination by far. So I feel like they'll probably play each other in a Berlin hardpoint uh, while Optic tries to expand their map pool since they're 0 and four on it. And I feel like LAG will maybe take that uh, to make it a three one. Tough to pick that though, because Optic's been so dominant and Gorillas have been so shaky. All right. Moving on to the final match of Saturday, your boys, New York Subliners versus Minnesota Rocker. You got faith in New York to continue the turnaround and win two matches in a row or you think Minnesota is going to close it out and clinch a winner's bracket spot? I think Minnesota's got to win this uh, or else I'm going to really be worried. <laughs> uh, yeah. Two maybe that's pretty that's abysmal my, hard point teams. <laughs> yeah. That's my ultimatum. Um, you heard it here first, uh, but yeah, um, I'll go ahead and say Minnesota win this. They're, you know, if Minnesota wins the opening hard point, I might just like, drop dead of like shock um but then again if if new york like shows that they can win a hard point i might die of shock as well so uh, <laughs> i don't know uh yeah but i'm gonna go ahead and give it to minnesota 3-1 okay uh i'm in agreement here i thought maybe you'd go nysl because we did see some improvement and you know minnesota's definitely been shaky as well so like to pick NYSL over them wouldn't be a shock at all. Uh, I'm going to go 3-2, though. I think this is going to be a lot closer than people think. I think the hard points could easily get split because both have been so bad. Uh, to me, this series fully comes down to control. Uh, I have faith in Minnesota to win the searches. I actually think I favor New York in the hard points, as weird as that sounds. I liked what I saw from them in hard point uh, in the two that they won in their last series. feel like I've got a little bit of faith in them uh, in that department. So. I lean Minnesota here in a map five, but I actually, for some reason, for the first time this year, don't feel too confident picking against New York. I really do think they turned a new leaf, and I, I think this is a very possible win for them because I think this is a big momentum game. If they are able to win this, they get to two and two, and they're in the driver's seat. Uh, they control their own destiny to get into winner's bracket. So I, I don't feel great picking it, but I, I am going to go Minnesota 3-2 because I think it'll be a tight series. All righty, we got going into Sunday, final day of matches before the tournament. London versus Boston. Interesting matchup here because uh, a few weeks ago, you probably would have been picking London for sure. But now Boston's climbing up the ranks. They're maybe one spot 
behind London Royal Ravens on the power rankings right now. Uh, do you have enough faith in Boston seen enough to pick them to win this one and for you to pick them to go five and zero in qualifiers? Uh, I think this is where they run into their one, uh, <laughs> their one loss of the, of the stage here. Um, it's going to be the Boston tea party, but not in the favor of the, <laughs> uh, the revolutionaries. I think London is going to win this match. Um, however, I think it's going to go three, two. I think Boston has proven they're, they're a team that can extend series. Um, you know, case in point being that Toronto series. Uh, and I just think Boston has too much fight in them uh, to go down too quickly. So, uh, but I, I, I do think London is going to pull out the, uh, the win in this one. So I'll, I'll go London three, two. Yeah, I'm in agreement with you. I wanted to go three, two, one way. I do think it'll be London. Although this is another one that I feel a little shaky on because London haven't necessarily been like super impressive to me in these qualifiers. Uh, they obviously look super good with Paul X, but they were a little bit shaky at times this week. So I'm, I'm not fully confident, especially because Boston has looked very, very good. They've definitely uh, been the hotter team so far in these qualifiers, but uh, I got to keep my faith in my Royal Ravens boys and pick them to win this one in a 3-2 fashion. I do think this series has potential to be the best series of the weekend, though. I'll go ahead and say that. I feel like I could see a lot of blowouts throughout the first. Like I could see every series day one potentially finding itself uh, to be a blowout. I could see... Uh, two of the series uh, on the next day being blowouts. And I, I could see a couple series on this Sunday being a blowout. So I, I feel like this, this Royal Ravens Boston series has potential to be one of the better ones we see, but I'm going to agree with you and go London three, two, just cause not ready to put my faith in Boston over them yet. But I believe that makes me pick. I think I picked Boston now to go like one and four overall in the matches. Like I think that match versus Florida, maybe is the first time I picked them in these qualifiers. So I'm going to look like an idiot when they go two and zero this week. And uh, I went, I picked them only like once or twice, but Hey, they keep proving me wrong and I'm not going to complain because it's, it's fun to watch. All right, Kyle, we've got what probably will end up being the banger of the weekend. Unless optic does some weird gamesmanship and tries to extend their mat pool and not show us anything. We've got optic versus phase. Uh, are you ready to finally pick against Optic and go phase? Will they be trying to extend their map pool too much? Uh, I I think their ego is gonna get in the way of of this map pool malarkey. Um, especially since since it's it, since it's phase, obviously. Um, you know, they're they're not gonna want to like show their ass and like get <laughs> embarrassed on you know some on their weak maps or whatever. Uh. But, you know, maybe they do uh, lock up, you know, the one seed or something uh, with, with that win over with that presumed win over LAG earlier on Saturday. So, uh, you know, maybe they do just like totally just throw it to the wind and say, hey, it's not on land, so we don't really care. We already have it locked up, whatever, yada, yada, yada. Um you know, you can get into a bunch of different storylines. Um, but I think I think Optic is gonna win either way. Um I'll go ahead and I'll, I'm gonna say they're gonna get it done in a three one over phase. That's how much faith I mean it, it's like the optic like you like you've said, you know, you gotta just keep riding with optic until they until they show us otherwise. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I do think that this series could be pretty dependent upon earlier results in the week. Uh, like let's say phase does beat Florida, which I fully expect them to do. They'd be at three and one 
Yeah. Uh, and let's say Boston does beat Florida uh, and potentially beats Ravens. They could be at four and zero, or they also, I, ex- I would expect them to be at least at three and one. I don't expect them to lose both matches this week. So I feel like phase are going to be at three and one Boston are going to be at three and one, if not four and zero. expect optic to beat LAG and be at four and zero at this point too. Like this could potentially be a situation where they lock up the one seed with a win. So I do think that uh, it all depends if they had the one seed locked up at this point, like if Faye somehow loses to Florida, if it's if it's all locked up, I, I feel like they could be trying to extend their map pool and I could see them losing. But if it's not locked up with the like higher seed advantage, it's one of the biggest advantages we've ever seen because you quite literally get to pick the map uh, you play in map three every series. Like you get to pick your control. And for Optic, who is the best control team and like is basically untouchable on Tuscan control, that's a huge advantage. Uh, they're going to get to play like their their best map and mode is Tuscan uh, control and they're going to get to play it every series if they lock up the one seed. So I feel like uh, if they have that to play for, there's no chance they lose because that is a massive advantage for them to have going into the major. Uh, I'm picking Optic in a game five here. You went four. I'm going to go five. Uh, this is, again, a toss up series. Every time uh, FaZe and Optic play this year, I feel like it's going to be a toss up series because you know, Optic is the best team, but FaZe at any point could easily take that title. We know that the talent level of these teams is crazy. No matter what team is viewed as one and what team's viewed as two at any given time, we know they could upset each other. I am going to stick with Optic, though. I said I'm probably going to pick them until I watch them lose. So I go Optic 3-2 here because I think that one seed is going to be absolutely crucial for them. Although it's crucial for FaZe 2 because FaZe has been horrible at Gavutu control. They're 2-5, and five, and they're actually very good on Tuscan. So the one seed might even be more important for FaZe to get. But I go Optic 3-2 here. All right, last match of uh, predictions for the qualifiers for stage two. Last uh, predictions, Kyle, for us uh, in terms of qualifying matches until I believe like something crazy, like until like May, uh, the CDL schedule, I believe it says it's like May is when the next qualifying matches start. Uh, Yeah, May 13th is the start of the qualifiers for the third major because we've got like the all-star weekend in between the mid-season break and like the challengers land so the next set of matches we have to predict is until may 13th uh, in terms of qualifiers so last map uh of the first half of qualifiers of the season subliners toronto uh you didn't put your faith in subliners versus minnesota are you ready to put your faith in them against the other northern team i don't think so um and that's just more on uh respect towards ultra um i i think this new york rebuild uh it's gonna take some time to really get rolling um to gather some momentum uh so i will give new york i'm gonna have this extended to a game five because why not um <laughs> but I'll, I'll give toronto the ice in game five to to pull it out um i don't really have any good rhyme or reason this is a totally revamped new york team now uh you can probably start to just throw out all of their map counts, to be totally honest. Like, their map counts are going to suck for everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just got to see how well this team starts to play. Uh, obviously, the the positive result with uh, with winning over uh, Legion and stuff. But, you know, now we kind of got to hit the, hit the reset button. And they're going to be fighting an uphill battle all season. So, um, nothing against them. But I'm going to go ahead and give Toronto the 3-2. Yeah, yeah. I got to pick up some points on you. I think I want to pick New York. 
I think I'm going to pick New York 3-1 oh. over Toronto. Doing a little bit of digging on the map uh, map picks for the series. Like you said, you can't really rely on New York's map counts at all because it's a new team and they're just abysmal on everything uh, in terms of what their record is, which I almost think plays into their hand for a little bit with this new team before teams are able to really figure out what they're good at. I feel like that's an advantage for them. Uh, and when you look at the the Ultras map counts, it's actually fairly obvious to see what they prefer in every mode. Uh, honestly, in Hardpoint, their best record is 3-3 three and three on Berlin because we also know that they had that streak of like eight Hardpoint losses in a row like where they were horrible. Their best map is Berlin. We just saw New York 100-point club Paris on Berlin. Uh, and I also see here that Toronto's... Uh, Bocage is their most played map at three and five. Uh, we saw New York also dominate on Bocage uh, against Paris in their last series. Feel like we're going to be able to see a Berlin and a Bocage, uh, which are two maps that are so far from what we've seen from New York, some decent maps for them since they won them both and looked very good. Uh, then when you go into the control, it's pretty clear that uh, um, with nine times played, Toronto prefers to Huskin uh, at five and four. I feel like if they end up playing Tuscan, I, I like Neptune, Hydra, and Paul all on subs. I feel like they have a good chance to square up with them. And then overall in search, Ultra's 11 and 8, and I feel like Paul X is going to transform the search. So I just feel like they have no info on this New York team. This New York team is hungry for a win, could potentially put them in the winner's bracket. Uh, so I'm just going to go on a flyer and say that Paul X is really going to improve this team's search and destroy, and they're going to get some favorable hard points for them since there's almost no info on them, if that makes sense. Uh, kind of a wild pick. Toronto are definitely the favorite in this series, but... I don't know. I want to go New York 3-1 because I feel like the unpredictability of what their map pool is is going to make them better in the short run. Uh, and then once teams maybe figure out what to ban against them, it might make them weaker. Uh, but I'm going to go New York 3-1 and be a little different here. What do you think about that? Is that wild? <laughs> it is wild, but I mean, I, I like the pick just for the, the uh, you know, getting some points on the board. Um, and I don't think it's like a, outrageous because Toronto has been shaky. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it really comes down to if the if Toronto turn it around this weekend or not. Uh, yeah, and also like Toronto said, it, played the first match on uh, Friday, so they haven't played in a while. New York plays the last match on Saturday, mm-hmm. kind of coming in a little momentum. You never know. Uh, definitely as a wild pick, I, I'm sure Toronto probably ends up pulling with the W. But I, I want to go a little bold because I feel like right now is the time to pick. New York when they're still unpredictable with this roster and teams don't have a lot of info on them. Yeah, or they just like continue honeymooning pretty hard. And yeah, uh, and like we know, like a team with Neptune, Hydra, Paul, Krim, like the talent is there if they put mm-hmm. it together with some teamwork. Like they have the talent to to play with some of these other teams that are more towards the middle, like Toronto is right now. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. All right, you got you got anything else before we jump into maybe a down bad sports moment and wrap things up i don't really have much else i don't I mean you got a down bad sports move but i don't really have one i mean my my colts just got their quarterback today matt ryan perfect bridge quarterback to use for two years while we look for one in the draft these next two years uh i'm pretty happy with the way the sports world is going right now i mean i guess the badgers did lose in the most abysmal college basketball game i've watched uh i don't watch much college basketball but it was like my eyes were bleeding watching that game uh Chucky Hepburn got injured and they literally did what the Badgers do anytime besides the national uh, championship appearance team. And that's just go stagnant on offense for an entire half. I mean, Iowa state, the team that they lost to looked abysmal as well. Like they couldn't score either, but the Badgers offense was just even more uh, 
horrendous. So they ended up losing the game by five points. I'm also in one of those pools where, you know, you get like the two numbers uh, and the Badgers got fouled at the end of the game. Dude went one for two from the line. He just needed to miss both quick. And he's like a 20 uh, or excuse me, like a 30, 40% free throw shooter, like terrible free throw shooter. And the dude hit one of them. Uh, all he had to do is miss two and I would have won some money at least off the game. But yeah, I guess I'm not a huge college basketball fan, but the Badgers are my team because I'm from Wisconsin. So watching them put up an abysmal performance as a three seed and getting upset uh, was horrible, especially because they got a three seed. So obviously they played a 14 seed in the first round, which was uh, a win for them. And then they uh, got to play an 11 seed in the second round because of an upset. And then number two, Auburn, who's in their bracket uh, in their region, got upset as well. So they would have played a 10 seed. So they could have gone from a 14 to an 11 to a 10 seed uh, with almost like a free ticket to the Elite Eight. And uh, of course, in typical fashion, they choked it away. Yeah, I was I was about to speaking of uh, the Colts getting Matt Ryan. I was about to send you a gift today of like or uh, a, a meme of like the two muscular arms like you know clasped together like you know in agreement. And uh, one was going to be labeled Clayster and the other Matt Ryan. And I was going to say washed old dudes. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I, I guess it's good for you guys to get just like you you have a serviceable favorite in the AFC South. Yeah, I mean, it's uh it's not the worst pickup you could have had, uh but you know, like you said it's just a bridge stopgap. Um my down bad is uh my Marquette Golden Eagles losing by like 30 <laughs> 30 god dang points to uh UNC in the opening round. It was an 8-9 matchup, so you know, uh your theoretical, you know, you know, 50-50 split game uh was really just a, a blowout. Uh it was a total farcical performance by Marquette. They didn't even look like they should have been in the tournament. Uh with the with the effort and uh performance they put out there on the court. Um really just nonstop pain. Uh it feels like every sports team I ever get somewhat invested in just breaks my heart. Uh haven't had <laughs> especially with like Marquette, like they haven't been good in a good in a long time like my senior year of high school when i was making my decision on where to go like marquette had just been in the elite eight with like jay crowder and those (laughs) guys and i was like oh my gosh like this this team you know it could be a a really fun you know basketball school obviously they, they don't have a football team or anything but i was like oh this could be interesting and then they go on four straight years of just like terrible performances while i'm there and then, uh, you know, it's just been kind of ups and downs since then, and they really haven't had much tournament success. And uh, it's tough to sit around with, uh, you know, my friends who are, you know, Badgers, Wolverines, and Spartan fans, you know, all Big Ten schools and stuff. And they're like, oh, yeah, the tournament, you know, we're expecting to go to the Elite Eight or the Final Four. I was like, you know, F you, you know, <laughs> we, my team is lucky to even be there any given year and then they're just <laughs> gonna flop out in the first round so yeah a little bit down bad but i think i did preempt it last week and i said that my brackets were just gonna be totally abysmal and uh yeah i haven't even looked at them since day one i you know i venmoed my money out and i'm just like yeah i'm gonna lose it this year so whatever um it's a fun thing to you know at least be excited about for a couple hours until your bracket goes to crap um so yeah down bad yeah i actually know uh one of my friends whose dad is a saint peter's alum and he picked them uh to go to the sweet 16 and then lose so i was like that was the most creative bracket i've seen on the year uh one of my buddies picked saint peter's to go to the sweet 16 kind of as a joke because his dad went there and then all of a sudden they're actually in the sweet 16 as a 15 seed uh like one of the few 15 seeds to ever make it that far so 
that's kind of wild. Um, but yeah, I got I got nothing else. If you're ready to wrap this one up, yeah, I'm ready. All right, that's gonna do it for this one. Final predictions for qualifying matches until May. Kind of wild to think about, but yeah, that is wild. That I mean, that's where we stand. Uh, after this major, we're gonna have like a little bit of a mid-season break for the CDL, and I believe like somewhere in between there. I don't know if the dates are officially announced is when that challengers versus pro land comes in. Maybe the tournament I'm most excited for. So content isn't going to stop by any means. Uh, this was the hundredth episode. So shout out to you guys who have been supporting out there. Uh, I believe on YouTube, like 75% of the people that seem to watch the videos uh, aren't subscribed. What my analytics tell me kind of wild. So if you guys watch this one, if you've been watching for a while and, and you enjoy check, if you're subscribed, if you're not, we'd appreciate it if you hit that button, uh, drop a like comment down below on this one. Uh, Thank Kyle for joining the podcast. Now we're 100 deep. Hopefully we got at least 100 more, uh, if not many, many more. But thank you guys so much for watching this one. Uh, that's going to do it. We will see you next week with a uh, big predictions episode. We're going to be doing a giant predictions episode for the major. Might be out slightly earlier than normal because uh, I am headed to the major to attend in Minnesota. So I won't have as much time because I'm headed there on Wednesday. So I'm going to record that one a little early, potentially get it out for you guys early. and. Uh, yeah, that's going to do for this one. We will see you guys in the next one. Thanks for watching.